This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 252. And the quote of the day is from Steve Jobs, who said, For the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And this is a sort of an ancillary session that I did with Chad Smith. This is a check-in from the road. So I've already had Chad on the podcast a few months ago, and he invited me out to Philadelphia to the Wells Fargo Center to hang before the show. So we did about a half-hour interview, uh, which is included here. And so we don't get all the backstory and all that stuff, but we talk about passion. We talk about you know the difference in playing in different in in different cities and different stadiums and the vibe, how that's different and just the love of playing and what it is really required to, to make it in this business. So a really great conversation. And I thank the, the entire red hot chili peppers family for, for being so hospitable when we were there, they really took care of us. Chad totally, you know, hooked us up and everyone from DW and, and everybody else that was a part of putting this together, Laura Glass, Chad's manager, I want to thank her as well. This was a really cool experience. We did a video and we also did this interview. I'll put the video in the show notes at drummersresource.com forward slash 252. But without further ado, let's get into it with my man, Chad Smith. Let's talk about... Uh... First of all, you're in my hometown, so this is where I'm. This is where I'm from. You're silly man. Yeah, I've seen so many concerts here. In this, so, in this particular arena. This one and the old one. And, and the old spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. So what's it like? So I don't know if you know about Philly fans, but they're brutal. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Philly, no. base, Philly sports fans. My sports fans are brutal. The, the music fans are great. Um, but I know. Um, growing up, and I don't know if anymore, maybe it's a different stadium, I'm not sure what the football stadium, but then they used to have like a jail in the bottom of the, of the oh, stadium. Oh, they still have it. They still, oh, they still have yeah. it. Yeah, so like if you, you know, don't fuck like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, maybe they have it, maybe they have it here and somebody like it kicked out of the gig. <laughs> put them in, in a timeout. <laughs> so when you're playing like all these different places, mm-hmm. does it feel, do they all start to run together? Do they feel the same or is it like, Knowing when you go to Philly, like it's going to sound a certain way, or it's going to feel a different way, or the vibe is different. Um, you know, the vibes are, can be different in different in different cities. Yeah, people and culture. Like, I mean, obvious easy example would be like a New Orleans is is incredible. Such a music town. Right. So you feel like you have to like bring it more there. I want to bring it everywhere, right. but, but but they're they they seem. Um, I don't want to seem more sophisticated, but like they really—it's so ingrained in their culture, you know, right. art and music and food, and, right? And uh, uh, it's calling me about something. Thank um, you. No, it's okay. Uh, in like for me, Detroit. When I play in Detroit, I'm from Detroit. You're like from that's yeah, yeah, your yeah. hometown. The Cedar Mine from is Detroit, so. Um, I don't know if I'm more uh, partial to it because I'm from there, but I know uh, Detroit is such a 
hardworking, blue collar, you know, but I think in general that's the reputation that they really work hard. I think it's more of like a release. party hard. We're more of a release for them when they go to a concert. Oh man, say. and I played clubs there for, for eight years right out of right. high school, and I know, you know, firsthand that, that, you know, how much they enjoy music and how important. And yeah, maybe it's a bit of a release for them to, right. you know, uh, but th but it's very real. And, and um, you know, if you go to you know, New York or LA, it's like they, they, can, they can see, uh, they can see. 20 bands in one week, you right. know, whereas in other places, they're, really they're like waiting deal. for their band to when come. When you come to Lincoln, Nebraska, right. you know, that's it's a big a deal. To them. So they, places are different, you know. Um, but yeah, we play basketball and hockey arenas. That's that's the venue that we play right. most of the time, uh, certainly in the winter months, uh, indoors. But so, so a lot of these are very similar in the aesthetic of the place, but the towns and the people feel different. Course. Do you do you still consider yourself a, a Detroit guy, or yeah. do you feel like a you don't feel like a cow? So like when you go when you're when you're playing L.A. is that a hometown show yeah. or is Detroit a hometown show? They're both in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've lived in L.A. since 1988, and my right. parents where I live, and I have lots of friends, and my family is there, and of course the Chili Peppers are an L.A. band, so right. it's a real hometown game for us. Yeah, sure. yeah. You're gonna play there next month. Nice. Um, so that's exciting. Those places are fun and. You can feel a little extra, um, you know, everyone's a little more excited and, and, and you want to do well in front of your friends and your family. Sure. You know? And, um, yeah, so this is especially New York. You play Madison Square Garden. I think we're going there tomorrow, you know, and it's like, it's the most famous arena in the world, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big deal. Right. There's three nights. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, the words come out of my mouth, and I'm like, I can't fucking believe it, man. It's amazing to me. Still. Still. How many times have you played at MSG? I played it a few times. Yeah, yeah. we played, played it in the 90s and the early 90s, 95, when Iggy came out with us. And, um, uh, what else did, I think the last time I remember, 99. It's been, it's been a while. Oh, has it? So, yeah, it's probably at least 10 years. No, no, longer. The last I remember we played. Um, for the Stadium Arcadium Tour, we played in New Jersey and we shot the snow video, so that's I can't remember. But, um, so it's been, you know, maybe since 2002. Um, so, yeah, you, you look at the itinerary and you see these different places and you go, oh, wow, Joe Lewis Arena, wow, that's going to be great. Oh, you know, um, MSG, whatever, yeah, it, it, it's really great. And, and uh, we're so grateful of people coming out and supporting our band after all these years and still, you know, care about music and, you know, so it's, it's it's amazing. It's it's crazy about MSG though, because it's not the biggest thing. You know? No, it's not. This it, might be bigger. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I think MSG is what eighteen or nineteen thousand, something like that. Okay. And yeah, I think this be. is twenty or twenty-one, something like that. But yeah, like you said, older. History it's and older. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it, the size isn't as much as um, emotion in there. Yeah, like big places, sometimes you can lose some of the energy, you know, it kind of depends. Or some, or other times a, a really big festival or a Rock in Rio or something, you know, when people go crazy and you feel that energy of, you know, 300,000 people and it's really pretty explosive. But then other times, those small little gigs, you play Whiskey Go-Go or the Roxy or something, yeah. and, you know, it's that immediate, and, and that's, 
that's amazing too. Well, you still get to do that with the knee pads too, right? You guys play like yeah, you're not playing stadiums. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we play mainly the the potato. The, 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 I don't think the bombastic knee pads are ever going to play the road bowl anytime soon. <laughs> not with our weird instrumental music, but we actually we play this little club in Hollywood. It's been around for a long time called the Baked Potato. Yeah, it's a jazz club, but now it's kind of anything club. And it's literally 80 people. Oh, I know. I've been, I used to see that. So if you walk out of the back potato, the big potato, yeah. there's a parking lot. Yeah, I know well. Directly across the street. Yeah, apartment. apartment complex. You live there? I stayed there for a very long time. Yeah. So I would just walk in. We're going to bleep this out, but I would just walk in the back door. Yeah, of course. And just sneak yeah. in, walk in, and yeah. back out. Justin, working there? Do you know Justin? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's the, the. I was um, usually uh, drinking. And, yeah, well, it's a drinking bar for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've seen so many. It's amazing. That's such an amazing place because you walk in there and you have no idea who's going to be in there. It could be anybody or it could be nobody. You know? Yeah, they have. A, they it's a it's a, yeah it's it's and it's 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 been doing it for a while, which is really good. I think the good thing is really because like, I don't know, it makes any money, but <laughs> it's so small. Yeah. That you know. You can find eighty people to go buy stuff with your but friends. It, it's still hundred dollars. It's hundred dollars. Yeah, you gotta buy a potato. Yeah, you gotta buy a potato. You gotta buy a potato. Two potato minimum. And, yeah. Pass the potato. So we so the meat bats go play there when we warm up for our stadium tour. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I love it because you're you know there's no fancy lights and you know nothing. You just play. And right. The guy is right there. Right there. Yeah. And and you gotta bring it, man. You know, they, they, there's no, a lot not. of good music that that still people come and play all, all the time. You know, really good musicians, a good band and stuff. Yeah. So um, I love just playing. You know, it doesn't matter for a hundred or hundred thousand. I was I was talking to uh, Liberty Devito lately, or a couple weeks ago, and he said that you know playing stadiums, he just didn't feel it. He mm. was. He was like, I can only see three people in front of me. He's like, I always like those small clubs. Mm. And coincidentally, I was driving, because I actually live in New York when I came down here. Oh, okay. Know, see you, family. And uh, I was talking to my buddy Anthony, and he was saying he saw you guys years ago here. Mm. Not here, but in Philly, like mm. in the Trocadero or somewhere. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's a 1,200-seat club, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So and like, the tower, is there tower theater? Tower still there. still there? Yeah. That's a, I think that's like three grand yeah. or something like that. We played down a Butt Sugar Tour of Pearl Jam and... Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, and I remember they got a little boisterous and started ripping the seats out. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. But, That's know. Philly. That's yeah. Philly. They yeah. tore down the stadium and they said, well, for this game, you can't bring in crowbars and hammers. and Just for this game. But any other game is fine. <laughs> I said, did they know this? <laughs> it was frowned upon that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what, so, I mean, does that, when you guys started playing bigger venues, was it... I know it's an adjustment, but did it like did it lose it, or was it just start to be like different? Um. Well, you know, we've been fortunately playing you know arenas for, since the early '90s, so right. um, it's been a long time. And, and, and again, like I say, I'm so fortunate and grateful, and amazed that you know a band has been around as long as us. It was still you know can come. Come to see us in these big places. Um, you know, you, you kind of get used to it. You know, without without sounding, uh, you know, like laissez-faire about it. You know, any old arena. You know, it, 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 it. I get excited. I get nervous sometimes. You know. Um, you still get nervous? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Anxious? Yeah, I I don't get nervous like I don't know what I'm gonna. Uh, nervous of like a different kind of nervous where I don't know what I'm gonna do and uh, that that's a that's a different kind. Right. But this is like a more, you know. I know what we're gonna do. I know you know the song pretty good, and and the people that come to see us, I think most of them like us. I hope you know they, they pay their money, and and so it's more that you want to play really well, and you want the people to have a really good time, and and that excitement of of, of having just a great you know couple hours of, of uh, you know just rocking out and getting and getting that across to people and. So that, that that's the main goal, you know, for us is, is you know, obviously take a lot of pride in, in, the, in, in playing and everything we do now is geared towards performing well. Like everything we do during the day and everyone has their own schedules and what they do and how they eat and what they do, whatever. Right. And and their little rituals and, and it's it's uh, it's important because we really take a lot of pride in, in performing well and so so what's a show day look like for you for me today well my son goes to Drexel University oh that's perfect yeah so he's a local boy just started this year he's a freshman so I visited his freshman dorm room which is very were freshman. friends like freaking out that you were there I don't think so they're pretty cool about it I mean he you know they, they came to the show last night so I met him at it so he got that out of the way and then I <laughs> showed up today and um yeah, it was great. You know, he just lives in this little what you would think a freshman dorm with like, right. you know, on one couch and a cinder blocks with a thing on the top and a Bob Marley posting an Einstein poster on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this dude, this is my shit. Go yeah. eat my burritos and that's some corner of the, yeah, yeah. Of the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But they, um, it's kind of like this kind of furniture too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it's pretty, you know, yes. Exactly. Pretty much. You know, um, but it was, it was good, you know, and, and, and so we walked around, the, um, us walked around the campus, he showed me where he, where he goes to class and stuff, so I didn't, that's not like normal, normal, but, um, yeah, just walk around cities, you know, again, I've been doing a long time, I got a lot of friends in different, different towns and different yeah, yeah. cities, and then, like, you, anybody travels, you know, you go somewhere, it's always more, Fun when somebody you know is right. there, they know where to take you, where to go to eat, whatever. And, and so, um, yeah, that's that's always makes it a little bit um, more enjoyable. But yeah, you know, um, just trying to you know, go to the gym or whatever, just just eat something and whatever, yeah, and just, take a walk. Right? Yeah, just, yeah. I don't have like because I know some people are like completely crazy with it, or yeah, I don't even know if there's guys in the band that are like that have like you know very strict regimented things. Um, I don't think during the day once we get here, there's like, it's a, like I got to eat at this time. I accept to warm up at this time. Right. I blah blah blah. You know whatever whatever. Yeah. So um, you guys travel on the same bus or separate buses? We have two buses. We have a day bus that drives in the daytime for the people that don't want to go overnight. And then there's a, a overnight bus where, where um, usually Josh uh, and uh, we have a keyboard player plays with us now, Nate, and another guy. Usually overnight. He likes to get sleep on the bus. He's fine with that. I got it. I'm not, I'm not such a good night sleeper. So you'll stay here and then? I'll and stay. Then well, actually, tonight, since New York City's so close, you'll stick around. I'm just going to go tonight, yeah. I got it. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. I. 
because I know that sometimes life on the road, man. It's so rough. It's so rough. <laughs> but we got it great. We're a fucking pampered little rock star. We don't you stay in the nicest places, and yeah, right. it's great. It's yeah, like, but you, you know, you deserve it. You work hard for it, and that's what. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not like twenty-eight gigs in thirty days in a band with a bunch of dudes. You know, right? But you've done that. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I think sure. that people don't want to. People don't want to take that step. They just want to get to the buses well, and culture tours. now. Yeah, everybody wants it right it's away. Like, bam, bam, bam. You got to put the hard work into it. And, yeah. And that, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And, you know, learning experiences, life experiences. You know, growing up. You know, learning how to deal with stuff and ups and downs. And that's all a normal part of of, of life. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that goes well beyond yeah. playing. It's like everything. But you know, now everybody wants. Quickest thing, and the, they don't want to put the work in. Not everybody. I shouldn't say that. Not everybody. Yeah, but you know, by and large. Like, I, it, yeah, not everybody, but it is more part of our culture now that the, I want right now, and you know, the immediate, uh, you know, youth culture is is, is 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 different than it was. You know, when I was growing up, you can go and see anything right away, and hear anything right away, right. whatever you want, and you know, um, so. There's good parts of that, and then there's other parts of it that maybe isn't because um, it, it feels like you could just kind of take a shortcut to. I want to be, you know, all ten minutes for guys. I'm ready. I'm ready. There's like a little bit more to it. I got my one fill and my one beat. <laughs> Basically, what I do, I just do it faster and slower. And Open up the hi hat, close the hi hat. Yeah, once in a while, you know. And no, you know, but it, it takes a lot of a lot of work. And and um, but if you're passionate about what you love, whatever it is that you do, you're gonna want to do it. And and so then it's a matter of like I say, putting in the hard work, but also, you know, finding the right people and and all these things that happen. And it's it's. It's not easy to find like-minded people right. and and um, that want to do and are, and are passionate about the same things that you are. And then you have to be able to write good songs. And if yeah. everybody could write good songs, you know, there'd be a forty million band instead of four. Right. You know. So this session is brought to you by my friends over at dw and chad is an official dw artist now and in the show notes you can check out the kit that he has backstage that he's playing so you can get a feel for what this kit sounds like it's just a practice kit but it sounds amazing and you can learn all about dw's great products at dwdrums.com did you know that musicians institute has been in the heart of hollywood california since 1977 they may have been there for a long time, but they don't rest on their laurels. They continue to innovate. And an example of that is the new Cajon course that they just came out with, with Richie Gajete Garcia. Now, this new course teaches students the basics of Cajon with an emphasis on playing pop, rock, and R&B genres. So if you're looking to do that coffee shop gig with a Cajon, or if you're doing a radio tour, you're probably not going to have your kit there. You're going to have a Cajon. I suggest checking out the course at mi.edu to learn more. I think it goes without saying that drummers can't agree on much, but they do agree on the Evans UV-1. And with its patented UV-cured coating, it lasts longer and holds stronger than traditionally coated heads. UV-1 single ply of unique 10-millimeter film is more resistant to stretching and denning. These two features combined make it a first choice for drummers who've grown tired of heads that flake, 
chip and wear out before their time. To learn more about Evans and all their great products, visit EvansDrumheads.com. Now let's get back into it with Chad Smith. How much do you attribute it to hard work and how much do you attribute it to luck? There has to be some luck. In oh, it. absolutely. You know? um, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot a lot more, you know, what do they say, like 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration? <laughs> or what, what Joe... Uh, uh, something like that. Not, or Joe, uh, who played for the Yankees, oh my God. Joe Torrey? No. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio. <laughs> so, what did he say? Or Yogi Berra said 90%, 90, or it's 90% is just showing up. You know? <laughs> that too, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you gotta, sh- you know, yeah, just show up every day. But show up like, not like, uh... Like you mean it. Yeah. And we, you, I mean, you had even mentioned when, when we did the podcast, you know, even if you weren't playing in stadiums now, you would still be out there busting your ass playing. Of course. Here. Well, I love, this is what I love to do. This is right. I found my passion at an early age. I was, uh, you know, worked hard, but I was also lucky. Like, you know, I'd say about luck and opportunity and hard work all meeting together. I, I graduated from high school in 1980 in, in Detroit, played in clubs for eight years all around the Detroit area and Windsor and Tri-County area. Um, most of it was six nights a week, three sets a night. And I, and I was in this one band and we played two sets. But um, that's a lot of playing. <laughs> that's a lot of playing. That's a lot of playing. And I loved it. I was like, this is fucking great. I'm, I made it. I'm a professional musician. I'm making $165 a week. Um. Boom. And, you know, when I was 20, 19, 18, 20, 22, whatever, and, and um, sure, would I have wanted to be like in Led Zeppelin or something, yeah, but um, I just, I loved it, but at a certain point, in 1988, I felt like I had exhausted the, the Detroit music scene possibility. I knew all the band a lot, most of the players, and, and I moved to California, and where it was nice and warm. Had enough of the Detroit winter. Yeah. And my brother and some other people lived out in California, and I drove out there with shit in the drum set in the back of the car. And not having any real plan other than a friend of mine's like, oh, you can sleep on my couch. Great. And that's what I did. And August, December, I auditioned for the Chili Peppers. Friend of a friend, you know, this girl used to date the guitar player and she knew, you know, him and they were looking for a drummer kind of thing. And that, and I joined, you know, I joined the Met. So like, but that's like, you know, August, what is that, five months? Right. Six, six months? Right, right. Being in California, you know, I joined. So the Chili Covers weren't this big rock band at the time. They were, I was like, oh yeah, guys, the socks and I've never heard of them. <laughs> I'll try out for them. Great, they have a record deal. Fuck yeah, I'll yeah, play with them. <laughs> But when you look at like you look at it, it's like boom. You know, I moved to California, and all of a sudden I'm in this band, and we're playing and making records, and things you know went on from there. Uh, but all that stuff before, I would have never been ready for the Chili Peppers audition if I hadn't been slaving away in those clubs in Detroit right. and playing all and doing all that stuff and having a real ambition and drive to go somewhere else and take a chance, a risk. Um, and uh, I think just, that's just important. And when opportunity came, I was ready. Yeah. And you know, so if I can do it, 
deep in Detroit. I can do that. Anybody can do it. You know, you just gotta believe in yourself and, and like I said, put the work in and, and good things will happen. Just keep keep going. If you really love it, you're gonna wanna do it anyway. Right now. So what would you be doing if you weren't playing professionally? Be a bank robber. Nice. That's where the money is, right? So what are you doing? <laughs> Be a bank robber in Southie. Yeah, that's kind of like the hat you're ready yeah, to Yeah, like. yeah, I, I might just go rob a bank in fucking Philly right now. I might go rob the, wherever the money is. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I really, cause like, you know, something in the music business, cause yeah. I would have wanted to have been a professional uh, athlete in some way. When I was a kid growing up, I played baseball and hockey and football. In baseball, I was, I was the catcher. I think I like stuff. Yeah, yeah. Catcher, goalie, catcher, goalie, the goalie, quarterback is like all the same. Yeah, yeah. So, I kind of look at those guys as the same. Yeah, and they drummer in back here, you kind of the quarterback, you know, you call them players. Or whatever. So um, yeah, it's part of my my, my personality, I guess. But um, you know, my career would have been long over if I hadn't any career. That's a really tough one too. So um, yeah, around. 14, 15, I was like, man, I'm gonna play the drums, smoke weed, and get girls. I went the same, it was like, I'm gonna play baseball. I'm not really that good at baseball. Yeah. I'm actually pretty good at this drum thing. Yeah. But I'm not making the team and all that. I was like, maybe it's time to start just concentrating on drums and chicks. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a real easy one for me. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, and so. That uh, stood in school in high school, you know. I kind of was like, you know. And they had music classes in my high school, which was great. Lots of times now, music programs and art programs are the first thing that gets cut. Well, I know you're a big advocate. Yeah, that, so. so it's really easy for me to. to that's that exactly what Chiron Arts program. But um, yeah, I had, I had marching band, symphonic band, there was a concert band, a jazz band, and, and you know, music theory class in my high school. Suburb of Detroit. Right, right. So if I didn't have those classes to sort of <laughs> balance, balance out <laughs> science and English, no offense, those are all fine. If you're good. Yeah, but um, that's the way I eat my way through um, high school. Like, you must, my mom was, you must have a, get a diploma. Okay. You're like, I got it. Right, yeah, now, I, got, I, got, I got like 1.8 or something. <laughs> all right. I think that's better than me. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, uh, I want to be cognizant of your time, so uh, I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk gear real quick because we don't. I don't talk a lot of gear on the podcast, but since we have, we're in no, video. I'm not a real gear head. So I know, but I'll, I know try to, I'll try to help. I think Don would kill me if I didn't like. Okay, you know what? Let me know how long Don to get all pissed off. Um, so I just switched from Pearl to DW. Yep. Um, I think people were sort of uh, misinformed of why that happened. Really? Um, I think that people were. You know, they're like, well, of course he switched to DW because they just they just cut everybody the big checks and that's where everybody goes and and everything. That's not what happened. Uh, I didn't get the big check. <laughs> it's coming. It's in the mail. So, oh. Um, but I know that you and you and Don at DW have been friends for a long time. Many. I used to play their pedals. Yeah. Back in the early '90s, I used DW basement pedals, and then um, and I've been playing pro drums for a long time. But so I've known Don. And, uh, and a nice pub of people at DW for, you know, whatever, 25 years. But, um, yeah, the real, the, I'll tell you what happened is that, um, and, and let me say, 
that I'm, I'm not a guy that switches. I don't think I've switched or changed companies in 30 years. I played Pearl before I joined. I played Pearl when I was in Detroit. Right. I had one of the first rack systems. Oh, <laughs> those things. Right? You had to carry that thing? Luckily, nah, luckily I had a roadie back then, but I'm sure I humped it before, yeah. yeah. But it was a big deal. Like, wow. I feel like all those guys buy those kits and then they hump it once or twice and they're like, eh, I think I'm going to play it. Yeah, it looks cool, but man, it's a pain in the ass. Um, no, I, I have I had those drums a long time and, and uh, was fortunate to get an endorsement with them you know, when I joined the Chili Pepper shortly thereafter. But I've been with Vader Drumsticks for 25 years, Remo forever, Sabian forever. So I'm not a guy that like, you know, every year. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. Um, and so we made our record and, you know, it was a, a new time for, for us and our band. and. and and then uh, Pearl's West Coast office closed, which was odd to me, but I was like, okay. And then um, my my guy rep at, at Pearl in, in Nashville, Mike Ferris, who I've been working with for 20 years, he took a different job. And I, and and he was just feeling a little like, you know, to me the personal relationships with the company, not only obviously the equipment and the musical instruments is so important, that you like, but also to me, the relationships are really important. Um, the people that work there and what they believe in and their passion and, and um, like, I think maybe with any sort of situation, sure. you know, it's a people thing. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling a little disconnected and, and I've been, you know, hanging with Don doing the drum channel thing. Right. And, uh, and, and I live in Malibu and Oxnard where everything is made and we're there. It's like a half hour from right. the house. Yeah. And that really is really cool as well, and it just felt like the right time to, to, to make a change, and, you know, it was a tough phone call to Pearl, they've been great to me, I've had, you know, I have no, you know, anything to say anything bad about them, they were great to me, and always have been, and, you know, it was like, it's not you, it's me, right. breaking up with old girlfriends, <laughs> I'm like, like, man, bro, what can I do, man, I was like, I can, be cool. <laughs> huh? I can be better. I can be better. I can change. I'll change. <laughs> I can change for you. I'll take it in the ass. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that 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 was really the. the I mean, obviously, the instrument, the DW drums are, are great. I've played them many times. Right. Recorded with them, used them, you know. And uh, funny thing was, is he. I know John Good, and he was like, "Oh, I have to take you on a, on a tour of the factory." And he's all excited. You know, he's like the he's drum, the drum yeah. He's like the drum. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think it says that. Does it? It, it, it should. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, it should. And he's, you know, this is buried for five hundred years in the, you know, East Indian forest or whatever. And he's selling all this crazy shit, and it's really cool. And then, and at the end, he's like, "So, what do you, what do you think? You know, which, what, have you seen any drums?" And I was like. I want to pray in acrylic. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? I go, yeah, yeah I, I really like that. It. It's just fun, man, loud and bright. It looked cool. And I just, you one on the last tour. It was great. It's kind of twitchy. <laughs> go, okay. So, I guess we can make that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I got, yeah, they, they're really cool. I am, okay, whatever you want, man. No problem. And so they, we got shells from, from uh, shows from another company and uh, put them together for me and, and they've been great. Nice. Really, really great. Yeah. And that is it. Well, someday I'll get, one of these days I'll get 
you know, I got this thing and this one. Yeah, yeah. That, but, <laughs> so yeah, I'm using a, I think it's a purple one out there now. I don't think, I've never seen it. It's a purple one. Yeah, it's purple. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll check it out when we, yeah. when we watch the show. But they're great. They, they, yeah, like I said, I'm not a real gearhead, but, but like the... Um, I sometimes feel guilty that I'm not. Still, I'm just like, I get drums and I get them, they sound, they sound good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I used to be maybe more, um, yeah, geekish on, on the drum stuff, but like the vibe and the music and the playing and the, um, it so much to me is more important than the sort of technical aspects of it. Of course, you want to be able to have the sounds to, 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 Express yourself on your instrument, right. like any instrument, whatever. But um, you know, most drums, the top of the line drums are, are really good. Yeah. I mean, it's dead. and even the lower line drums, yeah, are amazing. For yeah. five hundred bucks, you get a fucking great. I don't know how much this is like a, you know, one of their lower line kits sounds fucking great. Yeah. So, you know, that's amazing. Um, so, so again, I'm fortunate and lucky that I get to play the the, the best stuff, and and it sounds good to me. So I'm not picky. Right. Super picky. So, um, yeah. That's it. There you have it. There you have it. Chad Smith, Brad Hot Chili. There you have it, drum nerds. Sorry. That, that was his deepest gear. Sorry, like, yeah. I can you know, talk about the edging and the bearing and the, and the plies and the finishes. And you know. I ordered a drum and they were like, do you want rounded edges or do you want 90 degree? I was like, I, 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 I have no idea. You tell me. I don't know what that means. Which one sounds good? Well, how do you play? What kind of music? Yeah. Yeah, I think you just gotta like single variants, double hand. I'm like, I don't, I honestly, I don't know the answer to those things. So. And I think that's totally fine. If it's, if it's okay for you not to know, I guess I think it's. And I haven't played a drum since I was seven. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's just you just kind of can tell after a while what, what sounds good and what doesn't. Yeah, okay. you know, and, and, and I think that's the best way to, to do it. Just can we hear this drum set sound good? You, can, yeah. Get out. So there you have it. Once again, the amazing Chad Smith. Also, in the show notes, if you go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 252, there is a video of this entire interview. There's also a mini documentary that we did of traveling down there and and talking about the journey getting to interviewing Chad, which is really cool. It's on the Drummers Resource YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com forward slash drummers resource, or it's in the show notes at drummersresource.com forward slash session 252. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be talking to you soon. Peace.